rocking. Bentley's chilling. All right. Well, this is Sandcast uh, December edition here with our guy Mike Dodd. He's rocking the December flannel. How's, uh, how are things? It's been a while since uh, since I've seen you. Every now and then, yeah, on the, on the commentary at P fourteen forty stuff. But things are great. Just uh, chugging along, helping my wife with her volleyball club at NBCN, mm-hmm. and do a little bit of real estate here and there. Play as much volleyball and surf as much as I can. <laughs> Not and, a bad way to be. Uh, our youngest daughter uh, had a little baby a year and a month ago, so Congrats. I'm grandpa I didn't now. Uh, you were that new into the grandpa life. Yeah, and uh, she's living with us, so uh, she works at Starbucks, and I, okay. Patty and I get to help with the baby in the mornings, and uh, it's really been fun. Awesome. Just uh, a new, good, new phase good, of life. As good as, <laughs> as, good as anything is yeah. this little little dusty girl. That's right. great. Different yeah. uh, holidays are a little bit different with little baby running around. Sure. I'm sure you and Charlie kind of empathize with each other. I'm learning, yeah. <laughs> I'm an old veteran, but uh, yeah. no, it's, it's really cool. Uh, they just, like little puppies or little kids, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they bring life into your house. And yeah. You, once they're there, you you kind of can't imagine what life was like before they were there because right. it's it's so different and so crazy and so difficult at times but you you wouldn't change it for the world yeah so yeah it's a fun a fun part of life right yeah, now yeah absolutely definitely a lot of big changes huh this guy's get got engaged yeah, the other day got engaged I had just a baby found a wedding venue jumping right in yeah oh. just all in new you have a date right set now. got a date set we're uh we're going to go for February 8th, so we're going before, so Delaney, she's a coach at Pepperdine, uh-huh. and so we're going before her season starts, because once she starts coaching, then we really don't have like a free weekend or two weekends in a row till like next November. <laughs> so, awesome. Delaney so yeah. Newton? Yep. Oh, okay. Yep, so we're, uh, we're awesome. stoked. It's been a fun, crazy couple weeks. Yeah, I'll bet. But yeah. What, um, what does this time of year look like? Uh, for you right now, I know you mentioned that it's just kind of you know volleyball helping out with Patty and yeah. surfing. Um, I don't know if it ever gets like kind of slow or how it compares to other times around the year. Yeah, it's slow. Um, I used to do a lot of work uh, for indoor volleyball with the okay. women, uh, Pac-12 Network, ESPN, whoever. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if I'm just kind of getting dated out or, or gendered <laughs> out or whatever, but. Uh, the, you know, I'm, I'm doing much less of that, so it's kind of uh, disappointing in a way because yeah. you you see a lot of matches and you just wonder what are these commentators right, yeah. <laughs> thinking about where did they come from, how do they get these jobs, and totally. why am I not uh, right. out there doing it? But uh, it's life, and uh, uh, things happen for a reason. And like we were talking about, little baby Dusty's there, and I help a lot yeah. with her taking care of her so it's an easy trade yeah when did uh when did you first start getting into the commentary side of the game uh in 1997 when i stopped playing beach volleyball uh, i got into it uh big time and i was really just had good timing because it was uh um when NBC was still involved and and so i was doing a lot of beach volleyball i worked with NBC so i got to work Two Olympics in uh, Sydney and Athens. Uh, Sydney, okay. I did beach volleyball at Bondi when Fenoy won. Okay. And in Athens, I worked indoors. Uh, so uh, 
it was a both both Olympics were great experiences and yeah. and then after that I started coaching okay. so I kind of um, you know just wasn't able to continue to do those yeah. those those gigs which were great yeah you were at, so you were at every beach Olympics so I mean you but with a different in job in each one yeah yeah competed <laughs> in ninety six commentated beach in two thousand indoor in 04, and then you were coaching. Jake. Rosie and Jake in 08. In 08 and 12. And 12. Yeah. And then did you go to 2016? I was, you know, I was slated. <laughs> I, I was coaching Rosie and Phil. We were oh, number right. one in the world. And okay. things were going pretty well until Phil uh, strained his stomach muscle. And yeah. Sean decided not to train while Phil was getting himself <laughs> back in shape. And then they got back together and didn't play very well. And Phil made, you know... a two year into the four year commitment switch yeah. to Lucena and they they picked a, a different coach and and I decided that's enough coaching for me. Ten years was enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh we had uh we've had Jose Loyola who coaches Try and Trevor on and he said that his first couple of years as a coach were kind of tough. He's like you have to you have to kill the player to really, you know, maximize your talents as a coach. Did you have any struggle with that the transition from Playing to coaching, or was the transition far? No, out? I think I think mine was a little further out than okay. Jose's. I had been doing broadcasting and owned a restaurant and raising kids, and I was doing a lot of other stuff before I started coaching Jake and Sean. So um, it was pretty easy to. Well, the player was dead. Right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the- but the player's back now. That's the funny <laughs> part. Because uh, interestingly enough, as soon as. Um, kind of the disappointment wore off of the deal with with Phil and Sean. Uh, I started, uh, my friend Tim Hovland was in a four-man game at 33rd Street in Hermosa on the weekends. And I started playing, and now I just, I I, I think I had forgotten how much I just loved playing volleyball. Mm -hmm. And now I I can't get enough of it. I play any time. Uh, Chase loves to play four man, and and a bunch of the guys play, and yeah. they they're nice enough to let me play with them, and and I've got my old man game on the weekends, <laughs> where the 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 play is not so scintillating, but the dialogue is still <laughs> outstanding. Oh, of course. And uh, uh, it's just been uh, really fun to to get back into just being a volleyball goof. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that the dialogue hasn't died yet. No, dialogue. Whenever I don't think it's, 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 beyond, it's beyond riding a bike. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just yeah. get, get us on the court and it starts, the chirping starts yeah. immediately. When I ran into, uh, at, at the CBVA Hall of Fame ceremony where Todd Rogers and Jen Cassie got inducted, I ran into Hav and I was just sitting there with Hovland and um, Jim Menges and Kevin Cleary and Gary Hooper. Uh-huh. And it was just like every other word was just a jab at someone in the group. And I didn't yeah. even say a word. It was the most entertaining conversation <laughs> I've ever listened to. <laughs> yeah, you get you get a history course crammed into any time you get <laughs> Obradovich, Mingus, you yeah. know, Hovland especially, any of those guys, you get them all together mm-hmm. and it's it's a blast. And ninety nine percent of the time Smith and Stokey are the the brunt right. of the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be the targets. They, but that's probably what comes with being the best team of their era. So right. kudos to them. I was going to wonder, sure. when did when did that start? I mean, was it just as soon as, you know, Sinjin and Randy 
started winning as much as they did, did they did everyone just kind of start going after them? Was it a little bit? No, no. It's a it's a combination of everything. I mean, they were they were the best. They were great. They were also very arrogant and cocky, and um, there were some conflicts at the time. You know, with Sinjin being the president and his agent Leonard Armato being the chief executive of the AVP, and there were right. there, you know, so there was, and Sinjin was brazen about it. Like I, I'm the best. I deserve all the deals that come through the AVP. You know, right. deal with it. <laughs> right. And and it it created animosity. It, you know, and and for us, uh, there was much less animosity than would appear on the surface, you know, because we right. did love to, to jab each other and jibe each other and, you know, call them the, the kings of, you know, Boston and, and, and all the away <laughs> tournaments and we won all the South <laughs> ah, Bay yeah. tournaments, you know. And there was always, uh, but there was a lot of uh, mutual respect as well because, yeah. I mean, they were just crazy great players. Yeah. You, uh, you and Hav were the big game hunters, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know... That was our end of the jab, I guess. But, yeah, we, you know, we, uh, we definitely weren't as 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 polished as they were. They had the the fundamentals were better than ours, I think. But we were athletic and and fiery, and when we were really laser focused, we were a pretty pretty good team. Yeah, yeah. And so you and you and have. You played on the same indoor team in Italy or different? No, we played team? in different teams. Okay. Uh, we met uh, on the national team. I played hoops okay. in college. Got and that. so I was kind of out of the volleyball scene, even though I was a good high school, you know, AAA and, you know, all that mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Um, but I was away from the game and um, then kind of rejoined these guys. Uh, my fifth, I, I got drafted by the Clippers and got cut. And it was right when they came out with that rule that you could play a fifth year in a different sport. Mm-hmm. And I got uh, the day after I got cut, Rudy Sawara called and said, hey, you want to play volleyball? I said, yeah, I mean, I needed some more units to graduate and all of that. So, so I played volleyball and, and then got asked to join the national team. That's where I really you know, met Tim and Karch and Sinjin and Timmons and you know, yeah. all, all the guys, Buck, all the guys that were part of those great teams in 84 and 88 and 92 what a lineup too when yeah. you just like yeah, really. when you just listen to those names it's like the all-time greats just back to back to back and to back it's funny yeah. hearing that you got drafted by the clippers and like looking like San right Diego now clippers. Like, the clippers are like <laughs> the biggest team in the world right now yeah and like yeah they're such there's, a big money thing and and they were just uh, the little peon franchise you know the, <laughs> mm-hmm. not knowing whether they were going to be in San Diego Forever, or right like, but it, the year I got drafted was a, a big year for them because they got Bill Walton from Portland and he was the big deal he was from San Diego so uh. that was that was a big deal and you know circle of life continues I'm really good friends with Luke now we play mm-hmm. a lot of four man and so you would have played with his dad yeah I, I would have played with his dad <laughs> wow that's yeah. crazy so that, that, that would have been fun because I sure admired his game. You yeah. Know, when, sure. he was, when he was at UCLA and really in his prime, I'd, he did a lot of stuff yeah. better than maybe any, any centers. Taking you to get on the mic with yeah. is Bill Walton. 
Oh yeah, he's <laughs> well. I, I got a funny story for the first <laughs> for segue for that. Uh, in it, at Bondi, uh, Bill was our man on the sand. He was our our that's really, right our guy. Him and Shaq called a game together on the ATP. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was this was at the Olympics. Yeah. Okay. This was at Bondi. So um, yeah, Jim Watson was our our color our, our play by play. I was the color, and, and Walton was our man on the sand. So uh, he is. An amazing. I, I mean, I love him, but man, I bet he drives other people nuts because he's he's beyond it's, type A. It's funny when I like when I watch a Pac-12 game that yeah. Bill Walton is is commentating on. Like I listen, I just listen for it. I don't really. I'm yeah. not really watching the game. I'm just listening to the Bill Walton show. <laughs> you so know, and funny. he gets a bad rap because people think he's just rambling on like a, a a crazy person, right? Which he does. Which he has has done for sure, but. I mean, when we were when we were in Australia, he was studying. He he learned the players. He'd not only know the players; he would study things about Sydney. You know, local places, uh, indigenous rodents. You know, like uh, Jim Watson. He's a he's a great play by play, a really good friend of mine, uh, and we worked both Olympics together. Uh, and he's kind of a at that time he was a young brash. You know, TV personality. Mm-hmm. You know, thought he was kind of a player with the girls and all of that. Yeah. And and I'll I'll never forget one of our uh, little segments. You know, we would go down to Bill and he goes, "Well, Jimmy, I just want to give you a little lesson about the indigenous species here called the bandicoot. <laughs> it's got beady eyes, a long nose, and a propensity to procreate. A lot like our own Jim Watson. Back to you." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know that he was great. He was really good, and uh, I love Bill. I'm a big fan. That's awesome. But he he does his homework. You know, guys. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't you know you don't get to to that level without uh, doing your homework. Yeah, and he's yeah. super sharp too. Yeah. I feel like the more you do your homework, the more you're able to just be free and loose sure. and authentic. You know, absolutely. And let all the other stuff come naturally when you've already. I mean, it's just like playing, right? Like, Ab- the absolutely. More, the more you it was it, my my the part I loved the best about broadcasting was that it had the exact same rhythm as sports. In that you you get an assignment. Okay, Washington State versus Oregon. Who the heck is the coach of this? Who are the players? Right, yeah. So you start studying. You know, then you you know you write everything out and you make your boards and you're prepared and you have conversations with the coaches over the phone you rap with them at the passing session before what's happening and 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 then boom the you know it's yeah. the 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 whistle blows just like sport the whistle yeah. and and all your prepping is now coming out right you know how yeah. hard did you prep how hard did you work how hard mm-hmm. did you train uh either as an athlete or a broadcaster and mm-hmm. it, and then you just go and boom the yep. light, that red light goes out, the camera's, you know, it's off. You go have a beer with your, your fellow workers. Mm-hmm. And, and I just love, I love the rhythm of broadcasting because it was just like sports. Yeah. Is there, do you have like a particularly memorable match or tournament or event that you covered that was like, like pretty high up there that you're like, wow, like, this is a pretty big deal? Well, I, I, for sure the biggest deal I ever <clears throat> did was uh, the gold medal match with Fenoy and Blanton. Okay. On NBC, uh, that was probably the most viewed, and you know, it was at the time it was for for me, and you know, a little journeyman 
volleyball guy. It was it was a big deal. I got to do the NCA finals uh, last year, the men's final with Hawaii and Long oh, Beach awesome. State. Yeah, that's, cool. that's which a great was, rivalry. Which was really a a match you couldn't you couldn't draw up. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. two pr- probably two teams as good as the NCA had seen in the last decade. Yeah, you know, in the same year, yeah. meeting in the final. It was it was. It was really fun. Yeah, and had I got you to work seen... with Paul Sunderland, and he's great. So. Yeah, I say, had you seen their matches prior to the final? Yeah, every one of them. Yeah, was yeah. just wild. Yeah, and like I never played indoor, so I would go and I'd be like, "Holy cow, like this is insane!" Oh, and so that was like that's the only really indoor that I've watched. Just <laughs> Long Beach, Hawaii. So I'm pretty spoiled. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's not all that good. <laughs> yeah, bad indoors is not, not great. To bad watch. indoors is not great <laughs> <laughs> to play or to watch. Yeah, it can get pretty ugly. Do you still keep up with the uh, the indoor game, or are you mostly just yeah? I try to, you know, I, uh, you know, you never know when the phone's going to ring, right, so you got to right. be ready. So I try to. Um, I certainly, you know, the percentage of women's matches as compared to men's was probably ninety right. five to five. You know, like <laughs> yeah. every once in a while, I'd get a men's match. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's just the number of women's broadcasts is so much greater, and the number of right. teams and conferences and everything else that uh, yeah it's just a numbers what deal. was the <laughs> men's like indoor culture like you know back say when you were on the national team with you know Karch and um Hob and Sinjin and them was it a little bit bigger than it is today or is it as it just kind of maintained about the same you know it's uh you know it's I don't know I don't know I can't speak to now yeah I know then, it, you know, volleyball was a minor sport. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, it was uh, an amazing group of athletes that we had together. Um, the USA, you know, USA Volleyball in there, Infinite Genius, you know, had their training center, I think, in Toledo, Ohio for a number <laughs> of years. And, and someone had a revelation. Maybe if they trained in San Diego, we'd have some better team, better <laughs> players. And you know, sure enough, you know, I'll, I'll you're on that line, and you've got Pat Powers and Craig Buck and Dusty Dvorak and Sinjin and Hovland and Karch and uh, and and we were young. We were young and cocky and. Uh, Doug Beal hated us. Uh-huh. Uh, hated the beach guys, uh, the guys that played both, uh-huh. especially. You know, like me, Hov, Sinjin, Karch, we were all in his in his crosshairs. Yeah. You know, and but man, did we did we train? We trained. Uh, we'd get eight o'clock to, to noon. We played four hours. We'd train uh, volleyball. Then after that, we'd do a an hour of jump training. And the, you know those those <laughs> those boxes <laughs> and those tra- like at the gym. Yeah, or? jump training at the Got gym. It, yeah. You know, like uh, they would get the, they would get these boards that they'd cover with carpet, and uh-huh. you'd have to run them along the ground yep. as fast as you go side to side, back and forth. Right. And we had boxes, you know, and we'd had we just had these circuit of bo- you know different height boxes that you'd yep. have to go to, and I I just. Uh, would never forget the the legs of Karch and Hovland, because <laughs> for them it was it was a just walk non-stop. in the park. I mean, I was just killing myself to get up to some of these boxes. Yeah, and they were just bing, 
It's like they, <laughs> they, would, they would barely hit the ground and they'd be back up and, right. and they just had these, these, I mean, Hovland's was an incredible athlete. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Karch was as well. But those two, they just seemed to just cruise through the jump, the jump train. And you guys yeah. would always train together? Yeah. For those? Yeah, we were all, Even we though were you all were, in the gym. Even though you were kind of like arch rivals? No, but we were on the national team. Oh, this right. is so for indoor, indoor volleyball. Got it, got it. Right. Yeah. But then, uh, you know. Yeah, how did that transition? Oddly enough, you know, four hours and an hour of gym training wasn't enough because then we'd head straight to South <laughs> Mission Beach, buy, you know, a sandwich and a couple Mickey's Big Mouth beers and, and play <laughs> volleyball all afternoon. And then we'd go way. out and go to, you know, the bars or wherever and wreak havoc till, <laughs> yeah. till you know, whenever. And then we'd be up at 8 Running playing back. again. But yeah. you're 21, 22, mm-hmm. he's, yeah. you know, you could be blowing a 2.7 and you bounce the first yeah. ball in warm-ups. I mean, it was just the way it was. But, boy, were we, were we in shape. Oh, I we bet. Were, we, were, we were there. So... That, that kind of evolved into really, for me, it was, uh, you know, everybody was gearing and shooting for 84 for the Olympics in L.A. And uh, so we were there like in 82 and 81. And I had played like a couple of matches in the IVA, which was a, a pro league that okay. had existed for a while and was existed, existed, you know, right when I got out of college. And um, so my eligibility was in question. So at a certain point, it really just didn't look like it was going to ever get resolved. So I, I left the team and, and started playing in Italy. I had an opportunity uh-huh. to go play indoors in Italy. And then um, what was really a shame was Hovland and, and Smith were really two of the best players of the group. Hovland was a, a middle, you know, as good as anybody and uh, but boy, Doug, they just Doug Beale could never really wrap his he head. Butted heads he butted heads with a lot of people. I feel like because I played with Heisen for a while, uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't didn't have much good things to say about, say about Doug. Doug, yeah, you know I well, well like you know I'm time there, just when you're when you're like older it. and you can look at the situation, you know uh, Doug probably you know it's it it's a. Uh, it's a luxury that most coaches would like to have to be have that much talent. Yeah. But when you've got that many personalities and mm-hmm. egos, I think he was like, how am I going to be able to, and he's, and he, and he's like, I, I got to have Karch, you know? Right. And, and even though Karch was as, as much a beach guy as all of us, he was, you know, less of a, of a headache, you know, Smith would just take off for modeling assignments and Hovland <laughs> would show up at, you know, 8.15, just a mess, you know, yeah, from the yeah, night yeah. before. And, <laughs> and, and I think at a certain point, yeah, Doug had to, had, to, had to just say, these guys are so talented, but if I'm going to mold these guys into what I want, I've got to lose a Sinjin Smith and keep an Aldous Bersons, who's... Not as good as Sinjin. I, to this day, I would put take Sinjin's passing over Aldous Bersin's, and Aldous is one of the best passers in the world. Yeah. But Aldous was a just straight lace, hardworking Ohio State kid, you know, and 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 he was a great. 
player on our national team and mm-hmm. did a great job. All right, we're going to pause here and take a quick second to acknowledge our lovely sponsors. Support for Sandcast from, comes from a new sponsor, Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, which in beach volleyball, this is a well-groomed sport. You want to be looking good out there, which is why our code for 20% off is look good, play good. And you also want Manscaped because everyone knows or probably knows a guy who has had a trouble, uh, a troubling Manscaped story. I had uh, a buddy in my fraternity who used scissors down there, and it just doesn't work all that well all the time and that's why you have manscaped here to help you out it's redesigned the electric trimmer their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts you don't need that in your life trust me manscaping accents are finally a thing of the past try well and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls (laughs) that's just nasty Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You're already using deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not using deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Go ahead and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code LOOKGOODPLAYGOOD at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job, ladies and gentlemen. Your balls will thank you. So that is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code LOOKGOODPLAYGOOD today. Speaking of balls, Travis, Wilson just came out with a new ball. That's the new optics ball with the OPTX technology. It's definitely been my favorite ball since I was a kid. I used to play with Wilson back at the Outrigger Canoe Club, as everyone's heard many times over the podcast. And... Uh, Honestly, Wilson's the best ball in the world. If you talk to any of the athletes, the Americans, they all want to be playing with the Wilson. There's a reason that those are the balls you're seeing out on the beaches, whether it's California or Florida or somewhere in between. The Wilson ball is the go-to, and now there's a completely different look that is built to make you perform better, to see the ball better, but it's the same feel. So go to Wilson.com, get yourself a new ball, because if you don't have a new ball, then you're just... You're just that guy on the beach or girl. And use promo code WilsonSand to get your discount today. I'd like to take this moment to let all of you know about Firefly Recovery, something that I take on the road with me when I'm traveling. I usually use it on the plane because you know how your legs get all swollen when you're traveling across the world, is a way for us to recover faster with increased blood flow. There's these knee straps and they have these nerve stimulators on them and Basically, it helps you recover, and you'll see a lot of beach volleyball players wearing them, and uh, you need to get yourself a pair today at fireflyrecovery.com. All right, everybody, now it's time for your Pacific Coast Wealth Management Olympic update. It's been quite a grind in this 2019 season, and the season is finally over, so we are officially in the off-season. The top American team is Taylor Crabb and Jake Gibb, and they're in the eighth spot in the world. Triborn, yours truly. And Trevor Crabb are in the 10th spot. Meanwhile, Philip Dahlhauser and Nick Lucena are in the 17th spot, still looking to fill two more finishes uh, to get there, 12. And then on the women's side, April Ross, as always, is in the second spot with Alex Kleinman. They've been dominating this year. But in the fifth spot, Kerry Walsh Jennings and Brooke Sweat. In the sixth spot, Sarah Sponsel and Kelly Clays. 
Yes, the American women are absolutely stacked. And in the seventh spot, Kelly Larson and Emily Stockman. It is going to be an insane qualification year in 2020. We're all looking forward to it. Hopefully, Born and Crab are there. Aloha. And now back to the show. But I think it was it was just one of those things where Doug had to had to to trim the the personalities because because yeah. I don't think he could have managed all of us. Right. That makes sense. I'll never forget the first road trip we went on. We 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 took a flight to Japan and um we're on this flight and and there's this older gentleman that's kind of sitting around us and and we had struck up a conversation with some of the flight attendants and before we knew it they had invited us it was a 747 they had invited us on the elevator to go down to the the workers <laughs> quarters and we were having cocktails and and uh, somehow this old guy got got with us and and uh you know we 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 were partying on this plane <laughs> right. on our first national team trip <laughs> like, this is you know and, and the coaches are uh, we don't know where they are but we're not really that concerned with it and, and the guy that the old guy that was kind of hanging out with us ended up being one of the executives from USA Volleyball <laughs> <laughs> and we proceed to to get we, we land in Tokyo you know and we're all just kind of hung over or whatever and we've got our sunglasses on and Beal's just out of his mind, <laughs> just up, you could just look at the steam coming off his skin, you know, and uh, so we get to our hotel, and we said, well, let's just go walk around for a little bit, and all of a sudden, we see this vending machine with kegs of beer, <laughs> vending machine, <laughs> so we end up buying all these kegs, had this incredible, uh, just, you know, Goofy guy party in Powers room, I think. But it's it's me, <laughs> Smith, Hov, Karch, Timmons, you know, Powers, and and we're we're making noise. And were there and, any guys on the team that didn't like party that were more? Yeah, yeah. Edge? We had I mean we had Paul Sunderland and Mark Duraldi oh, and Aldous Persons and Rich Durilius and they're like you know, all with their <laughs> ties and <laughs> and and then uh, you know, kind of right there with their uh, yeah. playbooks. And so, so <laughs> we're we're drinking the and we're throwing these kegs out the window, you know, and, <laughs> and and it's it's late. I don't know what time it is. It's midnight, one, whatever it is, and we hear a knock on the door. It's like, oh, what are you guys? You know, it's Doug Beal. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, uh, if I, uh, I, when I think back to it now, I'm thinking, <laughs> Doug Beale has the future of volley, of, of the men's na- national, uh, the hopes and dreams of, of a medal in this room. Right. If he walks in, he's got to do something. So we're like, yeah, Doug. He goes, keep it down. He doesn't walk <laughs> in. He just. He doesn't want to see it. So, the funny part is, is we, we wake up the next morning, you know, our first day in Japan, and we have a team uh, breakfast in the meeting down on the mezzanine, you know, like the second floor. And, and, the, and we, we look, we're, we're in the buffet line, and it's right by this gigantic picture window with this big awning, you know. That, and we look out, and there's like 
20 kegs <laughs> that had landed in this awning, you know, that, that are there. And we're like, oh, God. And, and, we, and at, this, at this breakfast, we received our national team notebooks, you know, uh-huh. the, you know the do's and don'ts and how, what's, what's res- expected oh of you. And we had literally shattered every rule. Right. Any kind of rule that could <laughs> get you, you immediately kicked off. The, we had done in the first 48 hours <laughs> on our trip. So, you know, I understand uh, how it worked out. And it, it was a bummer for Tim because uh-huh. he deserved to be an Olympian. Uh-huh. He, he, he was, you know, one of our very best. And Sinjin as well. Uh, Sinjin got, got his little slice in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was... It was it, it, you know, when you get older and you realize, you know, all of it, you, you get a little less incensed and a little more accepting of, of Doug's yeah. position, right. you know, and, and he, he certainly was a great coach. Mm-hmm. He had a guy named Bill Neville, who was his assistant, who ran the practices in San Diego. Our practices were the greatest volleyball practices I'd ever, I've ever experienced. Really? And uh, the, he was, they were really, really good. How was At it? At times they could be really, really bad too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Like we, we went to the Pan Am Games in Mexico City and they decided that, you know, it's, it's at elevation and we should do some track work and do some training. Oh, so they decided we should run uh, 220s or 440s carrying uh, one of our teammates on our backs. <laughs> And oh. I got Mike Blanchard, who was like thick as a malt, and <laughs> about squished me halfway through my my leg. Uh, but uh, you know, we had this trip. One of our first this this probably was the first road trip in that we went to Japan, and and uh, it was brutal schedule. It was like nine matches in twelve days, or whatever it was. And the last day, we had off. And the whole 12 days, we're just thinking, you know, we're going to be in Tokyo. I mean, this sounds silly, but they had many components, you know, like little, little Walkmans and, right, and yeah. little, little stereos no, that yeah. were the, 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 that was our technological creation. <laughs> right. We were, we had studied the, the subways to the Shinjuku district, you know, <laughs> right. where we're going to get all this electronics and we were all jacked up and, you know, we all had two nickels to squeeze between us, but we were going to, we were going to spend it and get our mini components and our stereos <laughs> and, and, uh, the night before, you know, the last night of the, of the thing and that the, the next day we were going to go shopping, uh, our coaches decided it would be a good thing for us to do is take a, a three-hour bullet train to Hiroshima, to the memorial, oh. to, to pay our respects or to, yeah. you know, learn about. So you can imagine, you yeah, know, what you had yeah. in mind. <laughs> 15, six foot nine white guys in USA sweats I've walking around, uh, you know, the At, Hiroshima. Yeah. I mean, it was the most that is brutal day. It was the worst day. <laughs> I mean, you, were, you just felt horrible. I mean, the, the, forget the six hours on a train right. Right. before you're going to take a 15-hour flight home. But, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, that, that was just 
I think that was part of their, you know, Jose Loyola. You got to break them to, to yeah. do, you know, they, they did stuff like that all the time. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like Doug cutting guys and, and molding the team, I get. But some of the other stuff was just silly. Yeah. But coaches do. I think right. coaches do that. Right. Because they want to. They want to test you, or, or yeah. for whatever reasons. Yeah. I feel like, especially back then too. I feel like that was kind of an era where where more coaches did that. I mean, now if like you know, a coach makes a kid run two suicides, you know, it's yeah. like a lawsuit for yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a lot more leeway in those <laughs> yeah. days, in the early eighties. So yeah, for I, sure. I remember growing up, and it was even way worse back then. Yeah, where you're sure. like, yeah, you run till you throw up. Like that's yeah. when that's it's when you're gonna practice. stop. <laughs> yeah, but like you don't hear about that anymore at all. No. No, it's only... That's just abuse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Seems like it. Um, well, the whole... I mean, the whole... The bar is so low. Especially, I think, in collegiate athletics. I think most, uh, you know, suits, most of the athletic directors, they, they, they don't care about wins and losses. They just don't want a scandal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, when you when you do broadcasting and you study coaches' records and you see coaches that have been coaching at a place for twenty five years and they've never right made it past the the you know they've been to yeah. four NCAA tournaments and you know made it to the Sweet Sixteen once that's and they're in their twenty sixth year <laughs> you know <laughs> right. and you're like what how right. and it's because they their kids. Go to class. They graduate. Yeah. They don't have scandals, and that's mm-hmm. that's what that's un, unfortunately is the byproduct of of lawsuits and, and frivolous right. and stupid stuff that that now everybody would rather not work till you puke right. than be sued. Right. Whereas working till you puke breeds Gets champions. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know. So all of us have stories of mm-hmm. coaches that we hated that were brutal to us. But they're also the coaches you love and are the most thankful right. that were in yeah. your life. Totally. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Later on. in so, retrospect. <laughs> yeah. I hated you, but Man, I wouldn't be yeah. here today <laughs> yeah. if it wasn't for those lessons, right? Absolutely. So well, you, well, you were off uh, the national team, you said 81, 82? Uh-huh. And then, so you were just, you were Italy and then would come back and, and play on the beach. beach. Uh-huh. Did you immediately start up with Hoff? Yeah. In 80, okay. Yeah, we, we started on the national team. We, Sinjin was playing with Karch at the time. Okay. And they just needed someone to practice with. So we, yeah, well, let's go. And, you know, we were doing pretty good against them. And so we started playing in tournaments and I think won one tournament in 81 and then won three or four. And yeah. 82 and just kind of went from there went from there yeah what was the transition like going from indoors to beach like where you have all this structure i mean it's something like, it was i still it was like, glorious yeah it was, right <laughs> right but but like how, it was in like the background. going from hell to heaven <laughs> right yeah it's the instant catapult straight up into, it, right? into the clouds right yeah the freedom mm-hmm. uh the the biggest thing was physically because you'd show up after a year of indoor you know, where you're the main guy on your team, you got to mm-hmm. carry the load, get most of the set, do a lot of work, and you're just, you're just totally. pulverized. Mm-hmm. And within a week of playing beach, all of those aches and pains, the sand is just 
it's amazing. a glorious instrument of God. Yeah. It is so <laughs> good for your body. Yeah. And and you could feel it. And so, you know, once once you you got you know it was it was it was great. It was easy. I, I've I've never I've never gotten this. Oh, I can't. I'm I have I have regionals for my club volleyball team. I can't play beach volleyball. You know, yeah. this week it's right. going to screw up my timing. I'm like, people say that I, I, all the time. That's hot. Yeah. All the time, and I'm like, you're. I, I mean, we like I said, we trained four hours indoor and played five hours of beach. Yeah. And yeah, it's I don't different. Know how you do that, but it was <laughs> that's fun. crazy. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> I wish I did that. Actually, I, I actually think about it a lot. Like, I feel like I should be training more. You know, we yeah. practice and lift, practice and lift a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know the schedule. Like nowadays, at least, it's not yep. like it used to be where you no, go and just show up and just play play all day. Play, and, yeah, yeah. We're like doing specific drills, and we got coaches and all that. What, what's kind of your thought on? on how much uh, the actual amount of hours you're spending practicing, like, has gone down. I don't really understand why we do it. Or don't yeah, do it, I mean, I, I, I would imagine that life has necessitated, you know, there's just, there's, seems like there's always, seemed like there was less there was more time in, in our era. There, no one was something in a hurry right? to go do something or whatever. We were just down there playing volleyball because right. we loved to. And well, you didn't have like the training room was, either, and the, yeah, like you know, I feel like we have all these other small things uh, that are like filling our schedule, mm-hmm. which are still productive. Yeah, but I do think a lot of our actual just time on the sand competing has been taken away. And replaced I think by the, I think stuff. there are some some definite um, uh, just maybe uh, if, if there's a if there's a, a detriment because I, I would never I would never begrudge today's athletes and and how they train or what they do mm-hmm. I, I think there is an element of of instinct and and just awareness of environment and and little little things that I think you miss when you don't just when you're not playing at 6:30 at night and it's starting to get dark and mm-hmm. you've been playing for 6 hours and you're yeah. just you're just out there moving, you know, right. and just feeling it, it there's there's some kind of 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 a little bit of a disconnect there compared to the the regimens of the training of right. today, mm-hmm. you know, but the regimens of training today bears a lot of fruit, right? You know that that you know I I don't prescribe to the the old school Facebook page, you know, of these guys are crap and the old guys are the great. I right, mean, yeah. I think I, I truly believe no. that <laughs> that when you grow up and how you train and what you learned. Mm-hmm. I think if I were 21 years old, I'd be battling you straight to your face. Mm-hmm. And if you were born in my era, you would have been battling me sure. and Phil would have been battling me. And anybody in any era, yeah. if you're an athlete and you have some mental toughness and, and, and you can ball, you can ball. And right. I, I don't prescribe to, to one is better than the other totally. or, or one is, is this or one is that. I... Um, 
I leave that to the politicians, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. But I just as a player and as a coach, I, I think the coaching really helped me to to appreciate uh, this this era and 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 what we're doing now. And um, I think it would be nice if if there was a, a happy blend. Right. If I were like the the czar of USA volleyball, I would mandate that my eight best guys just go down together and, and go down and and you I spend five hours in the afternoon when it's windy and shitty and it's not little morning you know right, 9 a.m yeah. perfect no wind no nothing we rake the court and 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 draw your lines and 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 switch partners and see who's the fucking best I like that see who's the fucking that. best yeah keep score the court. keep track it's an easy pick Mm-hmm. I think I dropped the f bomb, and I apologize for that. Okay. It's all good. <laughs> but, but keep it's 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 an easy it's it's not rocket science, right? Yeah, you know, and 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 in in our time, we had a we had a flourishing tour with thirty tournaments. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was just like the jungle. It was natural <laughs> selection. Yeah, Smith and Stokey, they're winning. They're great. Right. Dodd and Hovland, they're. You know, Dodd and Wintmarsh, you know, this, this team and that team. You, you just, you migrated to each other and you, you, you did it by survival because you could, had the best chance of winning. Everybody, uh, you know, there was money right. in this, but everybody just wanted to win. Right. In the end of the day, it's how many Opens did you win? It's, yeah. It's 100%, not, yeah. it's not. So anyway, uh, I would do that. Because I, I would I would I would do I would I would do both, I would you know especially in the off season I right. do Play do more. your drills yeah. with your coaches, you know watch film if you want to do some weight training and then in the afternoon, go just hang Play. at the beach, play yeah. argue, I feel like that fight, part of it, yeah. you know mix it up mix teams. You know, if you win, you get to stay on the court. Who wants to really stay on the court? You know, right. a, see, and and then that's a nice that's a nice blend, and and then you're 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 getting more wind games. You're getting. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think players play enough in the wind. Right when it's when it's you know because sure. most guys that I know train in the mornings, mm-hmm. and they true. train hard and they do great. But mm-hmm. you gotta. You got to mix it up and train in the afternoon and, yeah. and, and get through those, those nasty, learn yeah. those wins. Just be, be like a sailor. You know, you got to know, you got to feel it on your neck. Mm-hmm. You don't need flags. You don't need anything. If you've, if you've played enough, if your soul is in this game, you, you feel wind yeah. on your skin. Totally. You know, you know that you can't. Hit this right. shot with this wind right. blowing in that direction. So you've got to chop it back. Right. Even if they know that the odds are better that you chop it back, you still got to chop it back because right. it's a better chance, maybe not to win the rally on that one, but to set it up for the next one. Right. Yeah. So totally. Any 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 shot that's that's dug or or you know that your opponent has has picked up. Is is a better opportunity for you than a an, an out hit than a, than a <laughs> yeah. dink in the net totally. or a hit out and that's, makes sense that, too. That's, all the big biggest matches are played in the afternoons. The finals are played in the afternoon. Semifinals are in the afternoon. That's yeah. when the weather conditions get a little hairy sometimes. Yeah, 
We definitely play in it a lot overseas, I feel like. Yeah. Well, it's it's random, I guess, but Oh, the 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 stuff you guys play in, it's <laughs> I, I'm never amazed. Know. I'm amazed at how good the volleyball is, you know, yeah. up up in Stad and in different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how often do you can, get out on the FIVB? Well, n- not never now. Okay. But I mean I did it for ten years. So yeah. I was I was there in in everywhere. Yeah. Even. You've seen the world tour go from not being anything to like an incredible volleyball tour. Has it been kind of fun for you to watch like the rest of the world, like Norway, produce an amazing team? Yeah, it's fun to watch Norway and it's fun to watch great players. Uh, I wouldn't say that it was fun coaching on that, on their tour with their yeah. rules and their systems when coaches would show up at airports and players would hop on a bus and there'd be 30 seats on the bus and they wouldn't let the coaches on the bus yeah. and Tough. you have to take a $200 cab and you're getting no money and uh, th- there was a lot I mean I'm a bitter guy I, 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 I put a lot of years and a lot of time and effort into something that I thought was going to change for the better for coaches and mm-hmm. it never did, and yeah. I don't think it has. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I know Not there's really. some funding from the federation, from the federations, and and this and that. But uh, as far as um, you know, you could you could train your guys, and you could have a game plan. But as far as actual coaching, I, I never coached. Yeah, there's still. Not I like never. Boxer I never got to coach. Yeah, right. and why are are universities are kind of adhering to FIVB style of, oh, oh well, you can say something when you're walking from right. one side to the other. <laughs> These coaches What's should the be able to talk, to, should be right on the sidelines, just like indoor. Yeah. Right. Here, here's the wind. Or Wind's just picked sport. up. Go over to that corner. Serve there. You should be able to do that. Yeah. How are these guys? What? That's the <laughs> you best got way these to get youth the tournaments, to you know, and. And, and like, oh, he's coaching. Ah, the parents coaching. Ah. <laughs> the parents should be, everybody should, it should be as much info as, as, right. as you know, the, the kids can, can handle or, or, you know, maybe the, the parental thing might not be a good example, but I think coaches should be allowed to coach kids. Kids, why? And professionals. I, just I mean, why, I, right? and, and I'm old school and I, I loved coaching myself and figuring it out, and but it wasn't easy. Right. I could have, I could, yeah. I wouldn't have minded, you know. I mean, my dad would try to tell me to serve Stoklos more than Smith, and I should have listened a little more <laughs> to him. But you know, um, so I, that's, I just, I just don't get it. Yeah, no, I don't get that aspect, there, especially with the youth. Why? What is the rationale behind it? Like, there's no, it's there's, not fair for the team that doesn't have a coach. Maybe these small countries. Because there is talk right now, like I've heard of some of the coaches grumbling, which I'm sure has happened over the years, of they want to like get everyone together and take a ballot or something and, and like figure out or, or take a voting of yeah. uh, who thinks that we should have coaches be allowed to coach or yeah. at least be on the sand. I think, yeah. I think the rationale that I've heard is that it no longer becomes like the players against the players because now you're introducing another element. So, well, so the Patriots... I, are unfair because they have Belichick. Yeah, like I, I would I would argue that or, at least know. in in this in the FIVB, it's 
one reason and one reason only. Money. Yeah. You make coaches part of the game. Okay, all of a sudden you got to provide them some transportation. You got to provide promoters don't want to spend one more nickel than they have to. Right. And that's that's the bottom line. It's cheaper. Yeah. It's cheaper to to treat the coaches like volleyball poles. I look, I look <laughs> like at it part like of the equipment. You're creating job. You're creating new jobs and like more another job for someone to like really get into our sport and like study it and and raise the bar of our sport. You know? sure. The more people we have making a living in our sport, the better our sport's going to be, right? Absolutely. I think. And obviously the quality's going to go up. So like, what's the problem here? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess make money, but. Did you? Who knows? Did you I don't. I don't mean to turn this thing into a downer, but oh, no, it's all I, good. I, 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 you know, I. It was just. It was tough. I, I always the the whole time I was coaching, I thought it was an investment. You know that in the future there would, right. there would be coaching, and that that we would be at least recognized as part of the game, and and maybe even an integral part of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it just. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm still optimistic, but, it, you know, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't take the hurt anymore at yeah. a certain point. So. Right. Yeah. Did you have anyone help coaching you on the beach? I mean, obviously you had, you know, Doug be on the indoor staff and then your indoor coaches in, in Italy, but did you guys have anyone? Um, <laughs> I'm going to get the dog. <laughs> I don't know what that noise, what is that? Still recording we'll now? We'll see, yeah. Okay. Um, but did you have anyone kind of teaching you on the beach at all? I sure did. Um, not later on, certainly. Um, but as a kid, I, I grew up at a place in Manhattan called Marine Street. Okay. And there were a lot of really good uh, players and old-time volleyball people. There was a guy named Walt Schiller uh, who was a great Setter. He played with Gene Selznick in the U.S. national teams, and he was a great beach player. Mm-hmm. And he cleaned pools for a living. He's just a simple guy. And um, he was down at the beach every day, and he'd talk to me about passing and serving and, and, and shots and wind. And, and he, was, he was a great, great teacher. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was a really good AAA player, um, Named John Gonzalez. Okay. Uh, he played with Mitch Malpy, um, and he asked me to play with him one day. You know, and I was on the little on the line, and he took most of the balls. And but it was it was the thrill of a lifetime. And yeah. and you know, when when you don't have as much coaching, you you watch, you watch, yeah. you learn, and you. You know, the same thing, like, with, with uh, you know, we didn't look at a lot of film, but I had a book in my brain yeah. of guys. I knew, I knew when the pressure was on. I knew when the sets were inside or outside or this or that. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't, you never know, but you, you anticipate and you, you, you have. I had a book on all the best players, for sure. Because you do, because yeah. you watch. You, mm-hmm. you don't. You don't have film. We're, we're not filming, and we're not going back and looking. So, it, in warmups, I'd watch. If I hadn't played, you know, I was playing some guys. I just watch what they do in warmups. Because yeah. even in warmups, guys give something away. Totally. If you're if you're 
eyeballing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Who was um, one of the toughest guys to read or anticipate or just dig a ball against? My, against my two toughest were um, Sinchin and Ken Steffes. I was going to ask about Ken. They both saw the court really well. They just had that gift of, I, I just, I couldn't look. Like, I, I take my eye off the ball right. as, it's, as it's nearing the point of contact, and they could kind of look at you until the very last second, and they were really hard, yeah. hard to read, and, and, you know, they mixed it up well, and hmm. they were tough. Yeah. Has there been a player, like, comparable to Kent? Because I feel like when you look at his ratio of tournaments one to played, it's crazy. Um, I would, I would say maybe Emmanuel was as as close as okay. I've seen to to a guy that was like Kent, um, but I don't think he was as good as Kent because okay. wow. I I played him in his in his I mean, maybe not his absolute prime, but he was you know twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, right. and I was playing him, and Kent was twenty five, twenty six at the same time, and Kent, right. Kent wow. was a better player. Yeah. Wow. And that was, uh, I feel like Kent I mean, was like peaking at, at such a tough time because like around that 96, 97 era when like the AVP started to get into a little financial trouble. Yeah. That was probably some pretty volatile times for you guys. Oh, yeah. That was where Kent kind of shot himself in the, you know, in the, in the foot as far as, as far as being a supportive AVP person <laughs> and a player, you know, he was, he, he was, and he was, he wasn't, uh, you know, phony at all. He was about the money. He trained hard. He worked hard. And so he deserved the money. He won. He wants the money. Right. You know, uh, pre-tournament work, promotions. No, <laughs> no. Go out with the fan. No, mm-hmm. no. I, I'm I'm focused. I'm trained. Yeah. I want my money. You yeah. know, and then, you know, at a certain point, you have to, okay, this thing's struggling. What can we all do? Right. And he wasn't on the all. What can we all do? Boat. Right. He was on the sue you boat. Sued Karch, guy <laughs> who won a Karch. gold medal with, because Karch was on the board during the time when uh. things started going sideways mm-hmm. and. Sued everybody and and just left volleyball and he could have made a, huh. he could have made a lot more money you know because even though there were some dark years of AVP the FIVB that's when they were just starting to grow and right. he was one of the best players in the world and you know I mean I, again it's time heals a lot of wounds but I mean there were times when a lot of guys were really not happy with Kent and and the way he he kind of you know didn't he wasn't I mean like Sinjin and Randy and Tim and I we were you know like whatever the early guys and and we were the top teams and and but but we had we had a mutual respect and we were driven to to grow the game to help Help the AVP, mm-hmm. you know, and we went to the diviest bars in the yeah. middle of nowhere <laughs> in Wisconsin, you know, that had some dirt 
court in the back and we play games with people. You know, we're the best players in the world. Right. Yeah. We're, what, see, right. You don't see Michael Jordan or any, but we, we knew that we needed to do this, right. you know, because we were nothing. Mm-hmm. We were below nothing. We were like pond right. scum, you know, <laughs> in, in the sport world. Right. But we, we worked together and, and, you know, we accomplished a lot. We built For sure. a pretty darn good brand at the end and you know like any company you hire the right guy and your company goes like this you hire the wrong guy mm-hmm, and right. it goes the other way and and at a really critical point we didn't hire the right guy and yeah you know it happens yeah and i feel like I it's sad are... it's more sad for all you guys for right. everybody you yeah, know yeah. that you should not be playing Eight tournaments. Right. We should be playing more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 not an easy it's not an easy business and I don't know if anybody knows the right model. Right. You know. I thought our model was, was pretty good. It was get as many eyeballs, you yeah. know, for the sponsors and do whatever the sponsors yeah. wanted. Right. You know, we were we, we we didn't kid ourselves. We were a young adult promotion. We yeah. were a way for beer companies to sell beer and right. sun lotion companies to sell sun lotion. Yeah. And whatever we could do to help, we were all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's, I mean, you, you see it happen with, you know, companies, you know, even volleyball clothing companies that are crushing it with T-shirts and hats and and shorts and board shorts. And then all of a sudden they're thinking, well, now we're going to make leather jackets and right. go into this. <laughs> you go away from what you, you're, you're good at or what you do, it just never works. And mm-hmm. we got so far away, you yeah. know, trying to be like golf, trying to be like uh, tennis. Yeah. Instead of just being what we were, right. we were just, we were a party. Party sport, yeah. We yeah. were a party. We were a traveling <laughs> yeah. party. We had world-class athletes. We had the best volleyball players in the world. Right. And and we had the best contract with Miller Lite. They owned us lock, stock, and barrel. But you know what? They paid every bill. Yeah. You need more security? Boom. Send send an invoice to Milwaukee. You need another (laughs) little side bleacher? Boom. Send an invoice to Milwaukee. They paid. And you know what? It was a bargain. We turned their light beer, their stuffy, oh, silly little light beer, into the number one beer, brand, you know, low calorie beer yeah. in the country. Because they're like, okay, well, what do we want to do? Do we want to spend $10 million for a, for a sticker on a Formula One race car? Right. Or do we want to own a sport? Yeah. And I think that's how we should be selling it. Right. I really thought Nivea was, was, I don't know if you guys... I remember it, yeah. Nivea was there, and it was right when the, uh, right before another one of the AVP collapses. Right before But they're they a powerhouse. They're gigantic. Right. And they were just starting to get their sun products approved in the, in, in the United States. Mm. Ah, man, How'd the, that go south? Well, the tour folded oh, in okay. the middle of, of, a, of a two-year deal that they had paid a bunch of money and... Oh. And, and, and it, was, it was a horrible thing because we had a bunch of guys trying to save the tour, mm-hmm. but we had the owner of the tour trying to sell it, right. you know, and <laughs> it was just a horrible, 
horrible thing in retrospect you know if if someone would have just gone to Nivian and just said just just own buy it. just buy this thing just yeah. own it outright use it as your whole your sun product vehicle right to the stars right. <laughs> and just just if you could have gotten a deal like that you know you need a mothership right I you agree. can't you can't do these yeah you know and 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 maybe uh you know the Donald's dad's company could right. could be the mothership. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe we've got a we'll see. we've got a mothership I mean, in the he's, dock. He's on know? a good trajectory right now. Yeah, like yeah. every year it is getting significantly better. And I think his model was like he's seen the past tours like fail from relying on certain sponsorships. Yeah, he's like I'm not going to rely on sponsors anymore. Yeah, I'm going to have that as supplemental income right but create my own foundation through the avp next and whatever it is i don't yeah. know all the business side behind it but i mean i guess it seems like a to pretty me, good model uh, to me i really honestly think the the mothership uh, or the savior of beach volleyball is the live feed yeah amazon the live feed Oh, totally. that is what is gonna. It's amazing. It's gonna catapult because that's TV people now. just volleyball people love to watch volleyball. They can't yeah. get enough of it. Yeah, and who's not gonna pay eleven dollars or fifteen dollars or whatever it is? It's not on your computer, and it's, it's not that TV. hard to get a million people to do it. And all of a sudden, totally. do the numbers. Yeah, you get a million. What if you get worldwide? You get ten million people. Yeah, paying Amazon, fifteen bucks. Amazon AVP tour. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? We that would be game over. You know, it's dropping. I mean, that's that's a that's a that's a spec yeah. on their yeah. jacket. Oh, for sure. But it's I to me that's he probably doesn't even know that they stream. The AVP. <laughs> I bet he doesn't. <laughs> it's possible. He, he's too busy figuring out how he can deliver everything that right. everything else that everyone orders on a daily basis. Yeah. yeah. But it's there. People love the game. Yeah. There's this That's true. this thing. That thing has never changed. Mm-hmm. And it and if if it's if it was at that, you know, golden year, whatever you want to call it, it can get it can get back there. Yeah. I truly believe that. What are your thoughts on the Olympics just in general? Like going there as an athlete as a fan, like what it's done for our sport, this this mystical thing that I've been chasing for eight, eight <laughs> no, seven years now? Yeah. Almost eight, yeah. Just because, I mean, it, it kind of changed our sport, and, and it, it says a lot to like what you were just saying in terms of um, our sport's entertaining. Because yeah. when you go to the Olympics, that's like yeah, one of the hottest seats, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think... Um, you know, I think it's a. I think that's kind of a double-edged sword, at least historically yeah. speaking. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see the Olympics. I, I don't see the fruit of the Olympics in our tours, in mm-hmm. our, in our, in our volleyball. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it was a long time in Atlanta in '96. That's twenty, almost twenty-four years now. Or it seems like yeah. It, it, and, it's and, one big thing that like two people can get. Or like four people, let's say. Whoever gets yeah. to go, you get that title. Uh-huh. But the rest of our sport, it kind of just drains it. 
yeah. for the other four years. Yeah. Because, well, the World Tour has us by the balls. And it can yeah. ruin our domestic tour by making us chase this Olympic thing yeah. around the world. Which they've played like a Stradivarius for oh, the yeah. last two me. decades. Beautifully. I haven't but, even played AVP. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, I don't think that that golden, that, that, that thing that everyone says, oh, the Olympics is just going to catapult our sport. Uh, Business-wise and, and as a tour uh, on a, on a you know, four-year basis, I don't, I don't think it's done that at all. If anything, I think it's hurt our tour in many ways. It's catapulted Just, a few players, maybe. Yeah. Right? It's, it, well, obviously. Yes. Carrie and Misty and mm-hmm. the very successful ones have mm-hmm. benefited greatly from the Olympics. And God bless them. They right. deserve it. They yeah. performed. I've never felt any pressure like the pressure I felt in the Olympics, hmm. you know, and um, it was an athletic experience like no other. And mm-hmm. keep fighting for it. It's worth it. Yeah. It's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a surreal, glorious, as corrupt and crappy as parts of it are. Yeah. It, as an athlete and as someone that uh, strives to be great and wants to see how great you can be on the greatest stage, there's nothing like it. Right. There's, yeah. there's nothing like it. With that said, I don't think someone in Switzerland that only cares about, you know, the Olympics and there there is going to help us right to get where we need our domestic tour to go. Right. We need to do that. Yeah. Us Americans, us mm-hmm. guys here. And and that might mean at some point, you know, changing a few rules or or doing things differently. Yeah. It never not worked for us in the past. Totally. You know? I'd be so, on board. So I, you know, I, as an athlete, and I think the Olympics are, are one of the coolest things ever. Right. As, as far as, you know, any notion that the Olympics has helped our domestic tour at all since we became an Olympic sport, I think the complete contrary. Right. It has not. Totally. And... Um, and I don't think I think it's 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 wasted effort and thought to think that that is what's gonna get our tour back to to glory, right. get us back to thirty events and and you know tens of millions of dollars right. of prize money. It's gonna be shrewd, smart, good hiring right. people that that are, are playing it's, it's a long game and hopefully players. that's what Donald's doing, you know, like, right. But the one thing that they're doing that it sucks for like someone like me who is chasing that Olympic thing is that they're kind of saying, if you don't play, you don't play like not that they don't care if we don't show up, but they're not going to like cater to people, to us showing up. It's like, if you're going for this Olympic thing then go do that and we'll, we're going to run this tour, whether the top teams are here or not. Right. And to me, I'm like, uh, I feel like as an inner, obviously I'm very biased because I really want to play on this domestic tour and I've missed probably like 75% of the events over the last yeah. few years, partially because injury or <laughs> illness, whatever. But I, no, I've only played two events in 2016 too. Mm-hmm. And we made finals in them. But um, I just think um, 
they don't have they've lost they've they've been so frustrated domestic tour with the whole olympic thing they've just given up on it in a lot of ways like yeah whatever world tour doesn't care about us olympics hurts us we're just gonna make a product whereas i i still think we need the top players and like there's got to be a way to get us on board with that the other tricky thing is we have usa volleyball who caters to the world tour and not the domestic tour mm-hmm. because they're getting funded by the USOC, which is uh-huh. fix, blah, blah, blah. So that's yeah, a dysfunctional, it's the, a dysfunctional family. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know all about it, but I don't see the, uh, I feel like there's, there would have to be a huge change made. Someone would have to step up, get everyone together and agree at least the majority of yeah. some players or whatever it is to, to actually make that change. But I think it's, there's too much wasted value here. Yeah. And you saw, I mean, I, I mean, if, 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 if I may be so bold, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would, I would think that the, the true answer comes in building the best domestic tour that everybody wants to play in mm-hmm. and and including international and we're a federation okay as long as we send enough great teams to enough tournaments that qualify two teams right let's let's build our domestic tour and and not not let another tour take suck the life out of our best right. players right. because they're torn yeah, and and let's. I, I don't know if it's you know uh, like I said a czar that just gets the top players and just puts them on a court and says okay let's see who's the best right. let's see what's the best team, or whether it's an Olympic trials, you know what if we had a thirty event, you know ten million Olympic dollar trials. tour that every every best player just played on that and 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 maybe one team. You know, and there was some czar at USA Volleyball that says, okay, try you and your guy. You're going to go to these, these six events this right. year and these, these five events next year. And, get a bonus and, and, for- and you get your, that's your eight best finishes, but it doesn't matter because we're going to have a big trials. Right. And hopefully two of, our, two of our teams will secure mm-hmm. a spot in the Olympics and then we'll have a big, we'll have a big showdown, Do a big think- hoedown, hoedown. <laughs> we'll have a freaking... Million dollar tournament, right? Qualifier for the Olympics. Big money. Because I, I, I played in the only Olympic qualifier. Oh yeah. All right, and that's. If you don't think sure. that prepares you for the Olympics, you're freaking out of your that's mind. That's true. And 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 if if the the very very best players don't like it because there might be something that goes wrong, and that's what's been the problem. In a, in a way too, you know, no, like I, oh, is, I get that. no, like, no, no we can't do that. What if I <laughs> tweak my foot on right. the, you know, hey? Well, we can make it a series. We have the it could, we have the it MVP could, gold series. It right? could it could be the Olympic qualifying series. It it was talked about in '96. Yeah, of course. It's golden. Our series. Yeah. Let's pick our. <laughs> let's don't have these schmucks pick our then, players. Then we can go on the world tour. Trying to qualify these spots as a team, yeah. What? And we're not enemy number one because all I think about when I go on the world tour is beat the U.S. Yes, right. Yes. How does that make us better? What if we were all working together to go beat the world? 
Yeah. That's so we get our two yeah. spots. Isn't that, go get our two spots. It's, if you go earn us the two spots, maybe you get a bonus or something, right? You don't get the spots, but you get a bonus, right. and you get a shot at the spots. Yeah. Or something. Just solving the world's problems. Oh, we figured it out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll submit this uh, to, I don't know who. <laughs> Jamie Davis. I guess, yeah. Someone at USA. <laughs> Sean? <Yeah. laughs> oh, man. Who knows? That, right now, it's a dream, but it's possible. It is. This, yeah. this, we should have just a kick-ass tour. Yeah. yeah. And it's there. There's, Somebody wants us, needs us, Amazon. Yeah. They, they might not need us, but we could be, you know. They we just need we, to get we right may pitch. not be easy, but we can be happy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still, uh, I still go back on YouTube. There's some uh, matches up from the 96 Olympic trials. There, uh, yeah. Some pretty fun matches to watch. Yeah, they were crazy. They were, we played good, thank God. <laughs> well, we, the, the gnarliest thing was is we had a qualifier to get into the trials. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. With 16 teams the day before. And Whit Marsh and I lost the first round to Ricky Ludis and Frohoff, and we tough, had to come all the way back round draw. through the losers. And at at the very end of the day, we we got the last spot to get. And then you guys played in. really well in the. We trials, played really right? well, yeah. You guys. I never got an open win for that, but I thought I deserved it. Cause I'd say so. <laughs> yeah, because we talk about we pressure. took down Karch and Kent, and then we took down Stokey and Johnson. Yeah, well, I feel like Randy Stoklos is probably the reason that people point to. Of why a trial is a bad idea. Yeah. Landing on the ball, spraining his ankle. That's tough. That was tough. But I do like that idea of like the gold series. There's gonna be some of that, you know, like someone's gonna get screwed. Well, if you have a series, it it eliminates a lot of that, you know. You could even have you could drop one. But the series won't create the kind of pressure that a a do or die one day trial. Does the pressure? Yeah, I mean, that is that's that's right on the Olympic line of, of pressure. True. Yeah, which is what we need. We need more of that. Totally. Yeah. What? How are we time wise? Yeah, we've kept you here for a while. Four, four, four. So I don't want to keep you too long. No, I'm still good. I got a few more minutes. Okay. I don't know if I have any stories left, but I. Have. <laughs> We do, uh, we do have one question that we do like to ask every guest uh, at the end of the show, um, and that is, if you had to give one piece of advice to an up-and-coming beach volleyball player, what would that piece of advice be? Um, you know, in, in kind of reflecting on kind of some of the stuff we were talking about, I would... I would advise them, you know, to get as much coaching and, and, and good drills and good work as you can. Uh, but don't forget the, the, the heart and soul of the game, which is also just going out after you've done your, your morning work and just going out and playing and yeah. playing for fun, playing four man, playing whatever. Um, because there is a, 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 I don't know if it's subliminal or there is a, a, a benefit in, I believe, this, the soul of beach players. Because even like, you know, just, just anything. I, I'll tell you one story, because uh, my brothers and I, we used to 
we had this little, we'd set up a string and we'd play these games, you know, just dink, dink. And, and one year I coached the Italian national uh, team. And I, we got, okay, we're going to train in the United States. We got this sweet house uh, on the Walk Street in Manhattan Beach. And the Italian Federation paid for these eight guys to come and train. So I, it was kind of the scenario that, that I spoke of when I trained these guys because it was eight guys and I mixed it up every day and uh-huh. I kept. But the one thing is one night I just went over to the house because they were in this house, eight guys, and they cooked really well and they made dinners and they went mm-hmm. to Costco and the, yeah. I made them go to night school and learn English. Oh, but one night I, I just, because I, I would come in, I would go there and check on them every once in a while. Yeah. And I come in one night, and, and I see uh, Daniel Lupo and, and Paolo Nicolai had a string across their room, and they were just playing this dink game and, and, yeah. touch, and doing all these, just like I did as yeah. a kid. And I, and I, I had the, the, the quantifiable numbers that, that told me that they were going to be my best team, but that just seeing them... Do that string thing. Oh, I yeah. said that is that is going to be the best the Italian it. team because they just had the love. They had that 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 thing. Yeah. So sure enough, what still are the year best or two team. later? <laughs> yeah. A year or two later, they 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 knocked off Phil. Phil, and then four years later, they got the silver medal. Yep. In Rio. So, but yeah, little silly little stuff like that. Totally. So don't you know train. And avail yourself to everything. If you're, uh, you know, that good of a player, uh, avail yourself to everything USA Volleyball can give you and, and all the other. But don't, don't forget about the soul. Right. Don't forget, don't forget the soul. That's something I talk about. I'm like, I got to remember to go play for fun and like play in these outrigger tournaments when I go home and like that Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Like, this guy goes out and does like standing whatever, I don't know what you guys do out there. Sunset but, shots. Yeah, sunset shots or whatever. And I went out there once or twice. It's like, I got to remember to go play for this reason because you get so, like, yeah, you're tense sometimes, you know, when you're training with a purpose and, like, yeah. all this, you know, drills and whatnot. Don't forget, don't forget the, the, yeah. the, the, the what started it all. And and look at me, 62, play, play like a banshee. Mm-hmm. Because it's a sport you can enjoy your whole life, right. and it's 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 social and it's fun and it's and there's such great camaraderie yeah. with people just scrapping for a yeah. survival. <laughs> I think someone. And it's, I mean, it's what's great about it? Someone who's so. doing real well, really well right now is Taylor Crab. Yeah, he's. I mean, that kid's out there all the time. Like, yeah, he's I a think, rat. He's I think a beach he'd rat. Rather not. He'd rather not lift and just be like well I played so that's just as good if not better yeah you know and I and I think it definitely works for him he's a yeah total beach rat I'm a beach rat but when I go to the beach I don't play volleyball I go in the water (laughs) (laughs) which I can't really stop that but um I think I do need to get more reps in that sense yeah fun reps it's not gonna hurt that's that's one thing I would say unless you get hurt it's good for your soul (laughs) yeah 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 for sure Mike, well, thank you tons. Thanks for having Love me. Love it, man. That's it great. It's a blast. So good. Cool. We had the whole fam on now. I know. Well, we'll see who's next. Could be Dusty. Dusty, <laughs> yeah. There we go. Thanks, Remember guys. Remember that name. Have a great All right. Mike. Good luck, Trout. Cheers.